0: are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a weekend that was at least better than the Timberwolves weekend was. Uh, talk about a couple of rough days in Wolves land. So we'll uh, we'll definitely spend much of the show talking about um, both Friday's loss in Oklahoma City and then Sunday's loss against the Lakers in LA. We, uh, we'll start by talking briefly about the Friday collapse in OKC. Uh, I'm going to allow myself a quick rant. Given the format of our show here at Locked on Wolves, I, we have shows Monday through Friday and don't have shows over the weekend. So I have not been able to provide my immediate I was, I guess, wasn't able to provide my immediate reaction to everybody. Now that we're more than 48 hours after the fact and the Wolves have played another game, I feel like I still need to get it off my chest. Um, My thoughts related to uh, the Timberwolves and the Thunder and Scott Foster and Chris Paul and the whole thing on Friday. So I'll try and keep that brief. And then we'll um, spend our middle segment breaking down the Los Angeles Lakers or the loss to Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday evening. And then we'll also touch on Wolves Suns tonight as the Wolves will finish off their back to back set in Phoenix, um as in their third road game in four days. So um all right, so here's my quick deal. I, I maybe everybody's over it at this point, but um, and, and, you know, I, I mostly am, but I also feel like we, we need to address this at Locked on Wolves, the uh, debacle that happened on Friday night. Um, so, Friday was a, a great game. I was actually there. Um, I live in Oklahoma City. So, I was able to go to the game, had decent seats, and um, was on the same side of the floor as the benches, um, a little more than halfway up uh, behind the Thunder bench. So,. Um, and that, that's relevant here in just a second related to what I saw live. But uh, Friday was a great game overall. The Wolves led for much of the first half. Um, and then the Thunder pushed back. The Timberwolves trailed by 10 with just over five minutes to go. And then that whole run towards the end of the game was fantastic. Um, just just from there was a big Kogi three-pointer. Towns had a big drive-in kick um, where he dished the ball to um, – who did he throw – it back to uh, well towns hit a big three himself and then he had oh he had the the drive where he dumped the ball off to jordan bell bell had a big dunk um and that's that put the wolves uh, got the wolves within two um and then he bell made makes one free throw towns makes a three the wolves are up two with a minute left and then uh trading baskets Towns has a big dunk, uh, the left-handed dunk over Steven Adams with just over 30 seconds to play. So Wolves are up two, Thunder with the ball. Wolves get a couple of big stops. Akogi throws away the inbounds pass with 14 seconds left. The Wolves get another stop. Jordan Bell gets a big rebound, then misses both free throws with 3.9 seconds left. So the Wolves are still up by two. Um, Akogi gets a huge offensive rebound, and I don't know... Being there in person, I was I was less on Twitter than I would have been otherwise. So I'm not sure if everybody noticed this, but why Chris Paul was um, was on the low block trying to box out Josh Kogie I'm not sure. But Chris Paul was in, in the uh, the rebounding position closest to the basket. Akogi basically jumps around slash over him and grabs the offensive rebound um, and was able to get a timeout before he's fouled. So the Wolves with 1.7 seconds left have to inbound the ball um, up to and I remember saying to my buddy, my buddies that I was at the game with, all they need to do is get this ball in bounds. They just need to not throw it directly to a thunder player and they'll win this game. Um, cause the thunder out of timeouts. So we knew that the thunder couldn't advance the ball, even if the wolves only made one free throw. So towns, of course, misses the first free throw in between the free throws. Um, Jordan bell subs into the game for Shabazz Napier and, um, The Wolves are called for a delay of game, technical foul. Gallinari makes the technical free throw. Towns accidentally makes the second one. And with 1.1 seconds left and no timeouts, the Thunder, Stephen Adams, throws just an Aaron Rodgers-esque pass down the court. Um, Schroeder Schroeder makes a great catch, isn't called for a push-off foul on Jeff Teague, and makes a layup as the the game ends. So the delay of game, um, I guess, first of all, Addressing the, the first lay of game on the Timberwolves in this one was uh, against Carl Anthony Towns. I think it was at the end of the third quarter for not taking off his knee wraps fast enough. Um, so we didn't even catch that live. It was, uh, I it just wasn't, we couldn't really see it given that we were behind the scorer's table um, and uh, didn't really know what was going on. So I didn't know that they had been called for a first one. Um, and I guess I guess it's my fault for, for not paying super close attention to every EPA announcement or something like that. But, um, so the wolves had been called for the first one, watching it back on the DVR. That was a legitimate call. Um, towns should have been called for that delayed game. The wolf should have been called. It took him probably a solid 20 seconds to get his knee wraps off after he'd been motioned into the game. Um, and so I think in the future, he probably knows he's got to do that at the bench instead of at the scorers table. So that was legit. Um, and also, by letter of the law, so is the second one. <clears throat> technically, there is, and I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. There's the rule of when you check into the game, your jersey must be entirely tucked in, and there's just a fact. It's it's in the rule book. Scott Foster technically made the correct call. However, but, oh, and the other the other thing I should say is I'm always a big proponent of a foul is a foul regardless of the clock. So. Some people will get mad if you call a ticky-tack foul on a game winner or something like that, a potential game winner. But I think you have to be consistent. A foul is a foul regardless. And I'm a big proponent of that. You can't officiate the game differently just because of the clock. However, this is ridiculous for several other reasons. Number one, the Thunder players weren't even lined up for the free throw. They were... There were two, maybe even three guys that were huddled like on the left side of the floor, not lined up when Jordan Bell was entering the game, and ultimately when the when the delay of game was called on Jordan Bell. So that to me is is like I, I get that the jersey thing's a rule, but by definition, he cannot be delaying the game if the Thunder are not prepared to play either. So that that was ridiculous, um, and you can watch the uh, the opposite end uh, above the hoop camera and see this very clearly. The other thing you can see really clearly on that angle. I and mean, I'm not sure which broadcast had it, but it was all over Twitter. It's where you can see Chris Paul pointing. Um, the reverse angle from under that basket when you can hear Chris Paul, but you can see Chris Paul pointing and Scott Foster calling the, calling the foul or calling the delay of game from the opposite end. The second thing you can see on that view is that Jordan Bell's jersey is tucked in by the time it's called. By the time the delay of game is called, he's already tucked in his jersey. So it's not like he was going to try and play without his jersey tucked in. He was tucking it in as he came on the court like guys often do um so that wasn't unusual and then the third thing is the thing that i think has bothered most people is that chris paul is so adamantly pointing out this uh that this is this is a foul or that there should be a delay of game but to make matters even worse after the game scott foster tells the pool of reporters that um he was asked a leading question of who alerted you to this. And he said that he and the other official noticed that the Jersey was untucked and called it, which is just flatly not true. Chris Paul was telling him it took Scott Foster at least five seconds before he actually called it, which meant he was either ignoring Chris Paul or debating whether or not he should be baited into calling this delay of game by Chris Paul. And ultimately he decided to do it with Chris Paul in his ear pointing, um, and then exclaiming, you know, that's the right call basically after it happens. So, Scott Foster just lied to the to the media after the game. Um he 100% would not have called that if it hadn't been for Chris Paul and the tape shows that. So, um the whole thing was really frustrating. Obviously the Wolves collapsed on their own volition. If Towns makes that first free throw, we're not we're likely not even talking about this uh, because he then probably makes the second free throw um or actually or, I mean, he either makes the second one and they're up four or he misses it and the Thunder would have needed a three. Um, and so that that's one way this could have happened. They also could have, Jordan Bell could have made one of his free throws earlier. I think he was one for four from the free throw line in the fourth quarter, Jordan Bell was. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's several things that could have gone differently. But this was something where the win probability was likely well over 99%. Um, and the wolves, the wolves messed up at the free-throw line, and the officials really helped out the Thunder. Um, notably on games over the weekend, especially on Sunday, there were a rash of delay of game calls, uh, especially there were two against Chris Paul, um, which was kind of hilarious, but um, also a little bit too little too late. So I'm sure that there was, even though it was by the letter of the law, I'm sure there was some backlash, um, potentially among officials, certainly among other teams related to, you know, it's, that's not the right way that that situation should have been handled and whether it was Scott Foster not calling it because, Hey, Chris Paul, I'm not going to let you goad me into making this call or, um, you know, just considering time and situation. And was that really a big deal? Um, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy with, um, the NBA rules and officiating when it comes to things like this. Um, you know, the, the NBA basically promotes Kyrie Irving, you know, shooting the the famous shot in the finals over um, Steph Curry with his untucked Jersey. And I I get that his Jersey came untucked while he was playing and everything, but there there's a whole untucked Kyrie narrative and the whole um, you know, it just, it just isn't consistent and, and to railroad the Timberwolves in this situation didn't seem right. Um, And and clearly the wolves had their own issues as I mentioned, but um, anyways, those are my thoughts. That's my rant. So, um, so yeah. Next up, we're going to talk Wolves-Lakers. We're going to get past the Slender game as best we can um, and and uh, talk about the next, the next game the Wolves played over the weekend. But first, I wanted to mention our new friends at Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at the Twitter handle at Locked On Live and at Locked On T-Wolves on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. It's at locked on live the twitter account and also tag our twitter account here with the show which is at locked on t wolves on twitter and we will share and retweet your screenshot of your top locked on podcast from the year also wanted to mention our friends at audible it's the time of year when everyone is traveling or running around getting thoughtful gifts for the people you care about think about giving yourself the gift of audible membership now is the best time to do it with a special offer of 53% off your first three months. Access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. And it got me thinking about uh, one of my favorite books from the last few years. I was actually reminded of this listening to a different podcast with with Al Michaels, um, the outstanding announcer for Sunday night football with NBC. Um, one of my favorite books that I have, um, on audible that I'd read several years ago and can listen back to now is, uh, Al Michaels, I guess, autobiography or a memoir. Um, you can't make this up is the title of it. Fantastic book. If you like sports, um, generally, of course, Al Michaels did announce quite a few NBA games for a few years, um, back a couple of decades ago and has announced really every sport. Um, fantastic book. If, if you, uh, If you do take advantage of the software and head over to Audible, I would definitely recommend checking that out. With Audible, you can listen on any device, anytime, anywhere with the Audible app. It's great while commuting at the gym or during your holiday travels. And with Audible, you'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges and your own audiobook library you keep forever, even if you cancel your membership. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price, $6.95 a month. I'll repeat that one more time. More than half off the regular price, visit audible.com slash locked on NBA or text locked on NBA to 500-500. Give yourself the gift of listening. One more time, audible.com slash locked on NBA or text locked on NBA to 500-500. Make sure you give yourself the gift of listening this holiday season. Okay, let's talk Wolves Lakers uh, from Sunday evening at Staples Center. The Timberwolves actually played quite well um, in a game where the big question is really how were they going to bounce back from the heartbreak in Oklahoma City on Friday? Um, there were also some injury concerns coming into the game. Uh, Wiggins didn't actually play on Friday's game um, with his with a sprained left thumb. Towns had been probable but uh, apparently was a little more touch and go on Friday with it with a knee issue that's cropped up. I think they're calling it right knee tendinopathy, which I don't I'm not a medical guy, but it sounds a little bit like tendonitis um, and uh, clearly a nagging issue that was bothering him. It, it appeared to be bothering him more in Oklahoma City on Friday than it did on Sunday in L.A. Um, but at any rate, they both played. Um, Jeff T tweaked his ankle in Oklahoma City on Friday, but he also played on Sunday. Um, so everybody that was kind of up in the air, or their status was up in the air, did play. Um, the only guy that missed was Jake Lehman, who remains out with his toe injury. The Lakers were relatively healthy for their part. They didn't have Rajon Rondo in this game. Um, and so they started uh, Danny Green and Contavious Caldwell Pope in the backcourt along with LeBron. Um, so LeBron was primarily initiating the offense and had just a fantastic game in this one. Um, so it, it was a good game overall. Uh, the Wolves trailed by eight at the end of the first quarter. They pushed back in the second quarter, took advantage of foul trouble from LeBron. Um LeBron picked up an early foul and then Josh Akogi, um baited him into an offensive foul by just playing up on him on the perimeter. And, and James clearly pushed off and, and caught, got called for a second foul. And then after sitting for a, for a stretch in which the Wolves of course played better when he wasn't on the court. Um, LeBron came back, got called for a charge in the, in the second quarter, he dunked over Gorgie Jang after Gorgie got switched onto him and, and, uh, Everybody thought, everybody in the world thought LeBron was going to pull a three. Gorgie played up. LeBron dunked over him. It was the biggest dunk I've seen from LeBron in a little while. And then the very next time down the court, Gorgie took a charge from LeBron, which was his third foul. They left him in the game. And then um, he drew a foul on the other end of the floor when um, I can't remember who it was, but a Wolves player was going to the rim. I think it might have been Wiggins. And LeBron almost drew a charge, but then chose not to and kind of uh, hip checked the Wolves player going to the rim and was called for his fourth foul and just in the first half. Of course, he didn't get called for another foul the rest of the game, despite playing most of the second half and finished with only four fouls. But LeBron was huge in this game. The Timberwolves, as I mentioned, they played fairly well. Uh, the defense was horrible early. The Lakers got a bunch of easy baskets simply by running the floor, and LeBron was throwing. Um, he was basically basically being a quarterback, and Anthony Davis was like, Jimmy Graham from five years ago, just going down the court, putting his hand up and, uh, you know, LeBron was hitting him in stride and the wolves couldn't do anything about it. Part of it was the wolves not getting back fast enough. There were a couple towards the end of the first quarter where the wolves actually were back and it was just more of a perfect pass and there wasn't much you could do about it. Um, Somehow, Anthony Davis ended up making 20 shots in this game. Not taking 20, but making 20. He was 20 of 29. And then 10 of 10 from the free throw line, Anthony Davis ends up with 50 points, which is easily a season high for him. And I think his career high was only like 51 or 52. So, um, you know, outstanding game from Anthony Davis. And Towns was mostly guarding him, but but not for the entire game. Weirdly, Towns had another game with under five or under rebounds. He, I think he had eight on Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday's game. He had five in Oklahoma City and four in Sunday's game. So um, the opposing teams at this point are, are really concentrating on keeping Towns off the glass. And Robert Covington is not rebounding the ball well enough or as well as he did early in the season. Um, he only had four rebounds in this game. In fact, the Wolves only had one person with more than four rebounds and Jordan Jordan Bell had six in 20 minutes off the bench. So the Wolves are going to need to figure that out. Um, we talked about this at length at the start of the year that rebounding was a big concern for the wolves. They'd hovered around, um, I guess, right around that 20 20th mark in the league in terms of defensive rebound rate, um, which, you know, is, is fine. That's about as bad as they could, or about as, as poor as they could rebound the ball. while still remaining competitive in, in all facets and, and getting away with playing that, that smaller lineup. Currently, they're 21st in defensive rebounding percentage. If you look at total rebounds and everything, they, it looks fine, but that's because they play with such pace that there's more available rebounds. So the percentage is more indicative of how well they're actually rebounding. And it's it's hovered, but it's sliding just a little bit in terms of rebounding percentage compared to the rest of the league, defensive rebounding percentage specifically. So they'll need to pick that up. Um, it, was, uh, it was not great. Um, that was one of the biggest issues against the Lakers. Um, overall, defensively, it was just a bad effort it's you know on the one hand it's lebron and lebron shot six of eight from beyond the arc which doesn't happen every day danny green always seems to kill the wolves he was four of six from beyond the arc every one of his shot attempts from was from out there lebron was a plus 24 on the night and danny green was a plus 27 um and it felt like every time down the court lebron was either finding an open cutter or somebody in, in the secondary fast break or he was kicking the ball out to danny green for an open three and the wolves couldn't really do anything about it um the two teams were similar in shooting threes. Lakers were 14-31, to 31, which is 45%. The Wolves were 15-37, were to 37, so over 40%. Had a good shooting game. Um, could pretty much get whatever they wanted offensively, except Towns didn't get all that many touches early in the game. He ended up playing 36 minutes, which was easily a team high, and only had 19 points. He did have eight assists, but the four rebounds, um, and was one of seven beyond the arc. So... Um, towns was not as involved as the wolves would want him to be offensively. The Lakers had a really good, um, plan for the pick and roll, at least to make sure that towns didn't get the ball easily. Um, he also didn't get that many post touches either. And, you know, for the most part played well when he did, but I mean, you can't have towns shooting the ball 16 times. while Anthony Davis is shooting the ball 29 times. LeBron James is shooting the ball 20 times. Um, only one other Lakers player had more than 10 shot attempts. And that was Alex Caruso off the bench. Um, so, the wolves the wolves really struggled to get to where they wanted to be offensively, but they still scored enough to where they should have won this game. The fast break defense was atrocious, and that was the biggest issue. Overall, the effort level was was good, and that was one of the concerns coming off of the heartbreak on Friday. Um, so, wasn't wasn't too upset with that, and now they should have a shot to win a beatable you know a, a game against a beatable Suns team in Phoenix. Tomorrow or Monday night, excuse me, which is tonight. Um, so we will uh, we'll be talking about that next. Um, remember, the Wolves lost to the Suns the first time around, so this will be a really important game. Um, so let's go ahead and talk talk keys to that game. It was only a couple of weeks ago that the shorthanded Suns beat the Timberwolves one hundred and ninety-eight in Minnesota, in a really disappointing loss for the Wolves. The Suns at the time were playing well, but were really banged up. Um, they only had. Um they they didn't they hardly had anybody available in that game, really, if you go back and look at it. Um, let's see who is out. Aaron Baines was out, he remains out, Ricky Rubio didn't play. Um, obviously DeAndre Ayton uh, remains out with his suspension. Um but it's a game the Wolves really should have won. And at the time, you know, the Suns were I think they were seven and seven coming into the game. Since then, the Suns have gone two and five. Um They've beaten, they won at the Pelicans and at Charlotte, but have lost to everybody else that they've played. And they're coming off of a loss at Houston the other night. Um, the Suns are, so the Suns and Wolves actually have identical 10 and 12 records and and clearly are going to be in the mix for the end, you know, the bottom maybe even the seven, but probably more likely just the eighth seed. It's gonna be like the teams like the Wolves and the Suns and the Thunder that are battling it out for the eighth seed. So this is an important game. They're already down 0-1 in the series for the year, and that tiebreaker could come into could come into play. So this is an important game for the Wolves from that perspective. The Suns are relatively healthy now. Baines really being the only guy and obviously Ayton, they're the only people that are out um at this point. Uh, for for the Suns, Rubio's played the last couple of games, um, so you can expect him to be in the lineup. So it, it'll be a it'll be an interesting interesting game to be sure. Uh, as the Wolves really need to overcome all the issues that they had offensively against the Suns last time around, and also playing the second game in as many days with as nicked up as they are. And and again, everybody that was questionable or probable played on Sunday for the Wolves, but. Um, we'll see how many of them are able to suit up on, on Monday night in Phoenix. Um, This is a Suns team that for the most part plays fairly fast and, and is a really good offensive team. Devin Booker continues to have a really good year. They've been struggling without Aaron Baines. Um, basically their record, I mentioned they were two and five since playing the wolves. It's actually slightly worse than that. If you go back, um, I think since Baines got hurt, I want to say, including the Wolves games, they're like three and eight since Aaron Baines got hurt. He was playing out of his mind and, and having a career year, but it it certainly appears as though the the extra minutes, he was playing almost twice as many minutes as he was used to for his career. He's had multiple nagging injuries, and, and I think that's catching up to them a little bit. Um, but Devin Booker's been fantastic. Ricky Rubio's been very good. Um, and then the rest of the, the role players on the team have been okay. I mean, from you know, Dario Sharich, to Kelly Oubre, Frank Kaminsky, um, have all had good seasons. The Suns um, haven't gotten as much out of, out of, uh, you know, uh, a couple of their other wing players. Basically it's Devin Booker and and he's at this point, he's pretty much the offense, um, especially with Baines out. Um, but having a true point guard and Ricky Rubio has helped them quite a bit. Um, Oubre's Uber played quite well this year and, and is having a career year himself. He's averaging 17 points and six six rebounds a game. Yeah. Um, the Suns, as a team, are a decent three-point shooting team. I mean, percentage-wise, they shoot the ball better than the Wolves do from, from outside the arc. Um, and that's primarily Devin Booker shooting 41.5%. Baines was shooting 44% before he went down. And Cam Johnson off the bench is shooting 41%. Those are the guys the Wolves will need to look out for um, and continue to... to uh, the Wolves still need to improve their perimeter defense when it comes to um, contesting shots. Um, well, the Wolves have a few solid perimeter defenders, especially Robert Covington and Josh Akogi. They've been susceptible to three-pointers this year, um, and part of that's bad luck. I mean, um, teams are just making open shots at a better clip against the Wolves than they are against other teams, and at some point, that you got to figure that's going to change a little bit. Um, but keys in this game, I mean, the Suns aren't a good rebounding team the Wolves need to control the glass and they should be able to although they've really struggled with this the last couple times out Towns needs to get more than five rebounds I think that goes without saying um, and that's that's really the biggest key that and then contesting three-point shots and at least making life difficult for the likes of Booker and Oubre um, and anybody else that's going to shoot from the perimeter for the Suns um, that, that those are the two biggest things the Wolves should be able to get mostly what they want offensively. The Suns actually aren't a terrible defensive team. They're kind of middle of the pack. Um, but uh, the Wolves, ha- their offense has been good against both the Thunder and the Lakers on Sunday. It was more an issue of defense and then some of those some of those late plays, obviously, against Oklahoma City. So what the Wolves will need to do is, is control the glass, contest three-point shots, and do their thing on offense. Towns needs to do a better job on the glass, specifically himself. And then they should be fine. This is a game that the Wolves should win, even on the second half of a back-to-back. Um, I haven't pulled up to see what the line is, but I would expect the Suns to be slightly favored in this game. Um, but it's definitely winnable, and, and the Wolves really need to. They can't afford to fall behind the Suns, both in the tiebreaker and in the standings, if they want to seriously contend for a playoff spot this year. Um, so that's uh, that's those are the keys tonight. It Really, again, it should be a game that, that the Wolves are able to, uh, to come out with a victory in. All right, that's all we have for you today here at Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the show. Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you tomorrow as we talk about the Wolves-Suns game for Monday night and look ahead to the rest of the week. Have a good one.